everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I have such an awesome conversation to share with you this week. It's March and it's Women in Horror Month. So I had the privilege of chatting with horror programmer and curator Karen Coleman. Karen was the director of programming and special projects from 2013 to 2021 at Nighthawk Cinema in New York City, where she founded and directed the annual Nighthawk Shorts Festival and was also the head of department programming. She is the founder of The Future of Film is Female, which we talk a lot about during our conversation. She has curated numerous film events at MoMA and is the newest programmer for the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. This conversation is awesome, especially if you like to talk about women in film. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes or Spotify, we'd really appreciate it if you would do so. It really helps people to find us. To everyone who's already left us a review, it's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into our conversation with Karen Coleman. Hey, Karen, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Karen Coleman. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I am a film programmer and founder of The Future of Film is Female. Um, I am a uh, short film advocate, independent film lover, and horror film obsessive. Awesome. Um, yeah, I am. I'm a big nerd, so I'm wearing... Yeah! the future of uh, Harvey's female sweatshirt I was gonna wear my shirt but I thought that would be gauche <laughs> no def- definitely not but I I'm a nerd so I love anyway. my sweatshirt <laughs> so first things first what's your favorite scary movie um uh, I would say my favorite scary movie uh is Rosemary's Baby but it's also one of my favorite movies so okay cool how why that one what <laughs> Uh, well, I'd love to be married to John Cassavetes with Ruth Gordon as my neighbor, who is the Satan worshiper in the Dakota. That's sort of my, <laughs> my, my baseline. Um, I don't know. I just sort of feel like that movie is a, a perfect movie um, in, in every sense of it. And I love the idea of your neighbors being the people who you need to be the most scared of. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you happen to see um the movie nightmare i think it was it was at brooklyn horror film fest last year it's like a norwegian response not a response but sort of a remake of rosemary's baby like modern remake of rosemary's baby no i i mean i do love a good a pregnancy post-pregnancy horror movie i feel like those those are kind of uh hot right now like in my mind I'm like really into them but I, I didn't check out that one I need to but yeah. yeah it was it was pretty good it was pretty good um so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre <laughs> well I feel like I tell the story a lot but um I when I was 11 I went with my friend and her older brother and sister to see Halloween 5 in a movie theater <laughs> and um I mean, it scared the shit out of me. I mean, I don't think I was like old enough to sort of watch that yet. Um, but there's a scene that's that's the one where Michael Myers like removes his mask, and I remember thinking like, 
oh, he's kind of, well, I was like, he's hot. He is like very attractive. <laughs> and so there's this, I, I, I can look back on it now, decades later and think there was like this attraction repulsion to it. But, you know, I was a kid who like sneaky watched them at my friend's house who had like HBO and Showtime and all those like, you know, you know, watching them late at night and then would come back home and be terrified. Um, and then when I lived in Chicago when I was in my 20s, um, my partner at the time did graphic design for this um, place called House of Monsters. And it was, you know, they sold like toys, you know, uh, like Godzilla stuff. And they had all like this great DVD selection. And every week we would go there and they would say, oh, you need to check out this movie. You need to check out this movie. And it's sort of like, that's like what built my education and my search for like finding these never ending gems of horror movies. So I think like Halloween five was my first sort of introduction, but it wasn't until I was in my twenties where I was like really exposed to sort of the breath and the weirdness of horror films. And then I was just hooked. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So I don't know if you get this a lot, but I get this a lot. When people find out that I like horror movies, they're like, but you seem so normal. So uh, I I always ask people when they come on, why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Because <laughs> I, I feel like only sane people can enjoy the horror genre. I get more, I get more like, you don't get scared. And, and I'm like, I, I mean, sometimes, yeah, but isn't that the point? <laughs> to be a little bit provoked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of us are weirdos. We just sort of look normal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What scares you today in horror movies and maybe in real life? Um, well, what scares me in horror movies is any anything from Japan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anything with hair in the face um, terrifies me. <laughs> um but yeah those those for some reason really like strike a chord with me um to where I get very very freaked out I feel like at this moment after have like the MoMA show like I'm pretty numb to a lot of of stuff but I will tell you the one thing that that gets to me is like um people who turn into like mushrooms and trees and sort of that kind of stuff like I'm 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 terrified to watch The Last of Us because I there was a film that we included at MoMA called Gaia and it's saw that it, yeah yeah and that that to me the really I mean part of the it like gets under my skin like that is so invasive to me and gross it's just so gross so <laughs> I mean does that answer your question though that's kind of what I mean I oh don't, yeah I don't fear like I'm going to turn into that, but I, it just, there's something really that really grosses me out. Um, yeah. But most of the time when I watch horror movies, I think the things that they mimic like reality, it's a nice way for me to sort of work through that rather than be like more scared by it. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely thought of Gaia when I first started watching the last of us as well. Oh my gosh, my colleague, well, my co-curator Ron was like, we're going to, here's this film. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not like the most hardcore film, but like, it's really, especially like in, in the pandemic, it's, it's wild. Yeah. (laughs) So what's your favorite subgenre in horror? (laughs) Well, I joke that this is a subgenre, but I don't really know that it is. Um, 
women who leave the city to go to the suburbs and find out that it's scarier there than in the city. That is one of my favorite subgenres. That is a brilliant subgenre. I I totally agree. (laughs) I don't know if that's official like term. Uh, I love, I love that. I also love, um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of like the series of sort of what I was what I was into. Um, I am very much into like post-pregnancy horror movies right now as a subgenre. I think that's really interesting. And I think it's really interesting how women are the ones telling these stories now. Like when you look back and you think of all these pregnancy movies, you know, like Rosemary's Baby, written by a man, directed by a man, are 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 so from a different perspective of people who can't have kids like physically birth them. And now I think it's really interesting that people are tackling, the women are tackling that um, in particular. Yeah. yeah. It helps me work through some of my like, you know, postpartum PTSD. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, the most recent one that I've watched was Bed Rest mm. with Melissa Barrera. I haven't seen that. It's not post-pregnancy. It's she gets yeah. stuck uh, on bed rest while pregnant, and then she starts thinking that like her house is haunted. <gasps> oh, I love that. I think it's on Tubi. So, oh, that's good. Uh, no, we just did screenings of um, Baby Ruby, and I've heard about Sarah. that. I haven't seen it yet. Sarah. So it's like two kind of post-pregnancy. Um, then they deal, they deal, the, the women in the film deal with having a child very differently, but they're both really interesting and in, in, in the types of post-pregnancy films that you don't really see very often of like women making different choices or the reality mm-hmm. of how you kind of go a little nuts when you have a child, <laughs> you know, and it's very easy to like, think of yourself as that character, um, and anyway, but I'm 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 kind of gravitating towards that a lot too. Um, but yeah, I would say those are my two of my favorite. I love Christmas horror too. Nice. What's your favorite Christmas horror movie? I mean, Black Black Christmas. I you know I I you know, but I love a Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, but yeah, Black Christmas, always and forever. I have to ask, what did you think of the 2019 remake? Um. <laughs> I think I liked it more the first time I watched it. I, I liked it. I guess there's just for me, I, I always wonder why films have the same name as something when they can be on their own. Like, I think I, if I didn't have an expectation it was black Christmas, even though I knew that it wasn't going to be like a remake of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, there's just something about like Bob Clark's black Christmas that I love. And then what's the other one from 2006? Six. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched that one recently and I was surprised to know that Bob Clark had something to do with it. He was like an executive producer on it, mm. but I think it was like right before he passed away. That one was, I know yeah. people, people really like that one, but, um, but yeah, I did, I did like it. I, we know why I think back on it now. I, I do. There's something about like things being very dark and those bright Christmas lights and people not knowing what's coming. That's very frightening. Um, I just, I feel like I have this like, um, <laughs> like list of films that's like men who get it right. And I feel like black Christmas is like one of those things where men get it 
right in a, in a weird way. And I also feel like, you know, Halloween sort of stole its thunder. So I get very protective of my Christmas. <laughs> totally. Oh, who are your favorite horror directors? Oh, good Lord. Um, I mean, Karin Kusama, um, Bob Clark, uh, Wes Craven, Romero, um, Jennifer Reeder. Um, I'm like going through my list of, <laughs> in, my, in my brain, like, people that I just adore and anytime anybody asks me these questions I like totally forget um those would be the ones at the top of my head but I am sure I'm going to come up with some more um in the process but those are like the ones that I'm like really into nice I haven't heard of Jennifer Reeder before what has she directed she directed Knives and Skin um which came out in 2018 um and so I don't know how to explain it because it's almost like a bit surreal too, but um, uh, it's a teen, it's a teenage horror film. A lot of her like short films um, uh, are dealing with like teenage girls. So that's another great subgenre. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a, a young girl is killed and missing and the town sort of deals with it and it reveals um, kind of the, effectiveness of the relationships of the different people in the town and it's kind of wonderfully weird um but she just had a new film come out at berlin called perpetrator um that i know shutter picked up um that'll be um really good but she also did and i'm totally blanking on it it's on shutter um it's not called nighthouse it's a different movie um but it's about a man trapped in his chicago apartment he has like agoraphobia and basically the the world ends and it's really great <laughs> night's end but yeah night's end yes 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 awesome i will have to look those up yeah jennifer readers the shit <laughs> awesome um so an article came out in 2020 that had said that horror fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans why do you <laughs> think that was the case <laughs> we're prepared <laughs> Well, we're prepared and then we're also just ready to watch a bunch of movies when we don't have anything <laughs> else to do. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think for me, like then when the pandemic hit, I had to, I like took a, a break. I had a really hard time watching movies um, in general, like just in general. I think it was because I had been going and going and going and going for so many years. Like when I had the chance to stop, my brain just kind of like... But I do know that Ron Magliozzi, who I, I curated the horror program with at MoMA, that's where his idea for the horror program came into. He started watching a bunch of horror movies during the pandemic, like revisiting old ones and watching new ones and sort of thought, well, this is a very interesting moment to like watch horror films because we're sort of forced to reckon with the world around us. And I think they're fun, you know? Yeah. But we can entertain ourselves. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My my DVD collection grew a lot in the last three years. So I, I had like, almost subscribe, subscribe to everything. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I subscribed to Shutter for the first time. And I'm like, I'm just going to subscribe to Shutter for a month and watch everything I need to and then cancel. And yeah. that was three years ago. Yeah, because they so. just keep dropping yeah. great new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you used to be the main programmer or a programmer at Nighthawk Cinema in yeah. uh, New York City. How did you get into the field of being a film programmer? And at Nighthawk, did you 
program mainly horror films? I um, started out in contemporary art and I'll give you the abbreviated version. And then when I went to grad school in London, um, I, uh, because I basically blew up my entire life and I was like, I don't want to have any more conversations about art being about money or where this person went to school or how young and fabulous they are. Like, I just wanted to focus on the work, but I lived in Los Angeles before then. And I loved movies um, and particularly horror movies. So that's like, I would go home and watch like two movies a night to sort of unwind. Um, But then when I got to grad school, I kind of quickly came to the realization that moving images was something that I was most interested in. And so my research while I was in grad school was on the relationship between horror films and contemporary art. And um, a lot of that involves like artists moving images and films. And um, I moved to New York rather suddenly. My husband got a job offer here and we just decided, oh, all right, we'll go to New York. And um, I uh, got involved with Nighthawk, I think maybe like a month after they opened. Wow. started programming um, short films, artist films in the lobby space. And then just sort of like most people in the beginning days at Nighthawk did a bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, and what I, the very first film I programmed there uh, was a horror film, it was Death Dream, Bob Clark, um, and Ulmer's The Black Cat. And um, it was all, Nighthawk really, likes genre films so I felt a lot like at home to be able to explore some of my weird interests you know did a Karen Black series right before she passed away um did a lot of like rep programming when I started and then um throughout the years started focusing more on like new independent films um but yeah a lot of that is and continues to be horror films Nice. But a lot of them, a lot of them would be horror films, and a lot of them would be films directed by women, which is still sort of my wheelhouse yep. at the moment. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, are you? Do you have any plans to plan screenings in other cities in the future? I do. I just started doing screenings um, at the um, American Cinematheque in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Um, we did. Um, uh, kind of like joint screenings uh, with them and with Nighthawk for um, the new book, The Black Guy Dies First by Robin Means Coleman yeah. and Mark Harris. This book is so fabulous. I highly recommend reading it if you haven't. It's oh, very wow. it's very funny. There's great <laughs> lists. It's amazing. Um, but that book traces like the beginning of the trope of The Black Guy Dies First with Spider Baby in 1968. Um, so we showed Spider Baby one night and then we showed Attack the Block um, another night to kind of show the development of the black hero in horror films. And um, so we we did that in Los Angeles and here. Um, and then we did a recent screening of Fugue by the director of The Lure um, in both places, too. But the dream is to get in a lot more cities and smaller cities, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have a friend who lives near Philly, and I know he would be very interested. He lives in the same town that the theater that The Blob was filmed at. So he goes there for screenings all the time. That's so cool. That's so cool. Is he scared it's going to like plop down on him? (laughs) 
So as you hinted at before, you are one of the founders of The Future of Film is Female. It is a nonprofit organization that amplifies the work of all women and non-binary filmmakers through its short film fund, commitment to exhibition and community building programs, as well as the sister organization, The Future of Horror is Female, (laughs) which is how I first found you when you programmed a screening of Jennifer's Body in October 2021, which was so great. Yes. uh, what inspired you to start the future of film and the future of horror is female in 2018? Um, future of film is female came out of, I started the Nighthawk shorts program, the Nighthawk shorts festival at Nighthawk in 2013. And I just had so many wonderful relationships uh, with everybody from that. Um, and I had a, a real reckoning after the 2016 election of like, what is my position as a film programmer to help marginalized voices get seen? Because that's a that's a like I said, it's a real privileged position to like show something and have an audience <laughs> pay and are forced to watch it. So um, I decided to make the shirts um, and that was in February, 2018 and all the proceeds for the shirt would go to um, a female filmmaker at that time. Now we're non-binary, gender non-confirming all that, Um, but um, would go to them at any stage of production of a short film. Um, And so it kind of started really easily and I was still at Nighthawk at the time. So a lot of my programming work was just integrated into the work that I was doing at Nighthawk. Um, but shortly after it started, um, that's when the MoMA program started as well. The feature of film is female at MoMA. Um, so, but I love horror and I work a lot with Magnolia and they have wonderful new independent horror films. So when, um, I think this is when Censor came out, we did, we were like, what can we do that would be interesting for this? Cause it was still like during the pandemic. And so I was like, oh, well let's do a conversation. So we did a conversation with Prano Bailey Bond, Karen Kusama and Jennifer Reeder. And I think that that's sort of like where it started because it's like, I love horror films. What can be sort of like, a, I mean, it's, it's so a part of everything I do like the horror part, but I just thought that's really cool. Because <laughs> like you want to, you want, sometimes you just want to be like with fellow horror appreciators. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to make it very, very pointed. Um, but yeah, I know that Jennifer's body screening was so great. And then when we screened it at MoMA, it was so great too. I just think that like that movie is just a good time. <laughs> yeah. And it's really fun to see with a group of people. Oh, so good. It's yeah. always good. It's like, it's, it's always good. And I'm always amazed at, you know, like how many people in the audience haven't seen it um, and their pure reaction to it is just so great. Yeah. Yeah. I had only seen it once before. So yeah. I've seen it a bunch of times and I'm always picking up like new funny things. And then I'm always surprised that Amy Sedaris is in it. I don't know why, but I'm always (laughs) like. (laughs) Oh, her. I'm always surprised that Adam Brody is in it. Yes. Or Chris Pratt for a hot minute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Until he gets burned alive. But yeah. Uh, so speaking of MoMA, um, you were the curator for MoMA's Messaging the Monstrous last year, which was so awesome. I saw Blair Witch and The Descent and Cloverfield, and it was awesome to see those films again on the big screen. Um, I think I sat a little bit too close for Cloverfield, but uh, fine. <laughs> I, I saw Cloverfield opening weekend, and I had to sit in the front row, and that was 
that's tough I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was my own choosing and like I did not remember how shaky it is because I always just watch it at home on my tv on my couch so it's yeah it's like I I remember seeing that in the theater and having to use the restroom and I came back and it was like worse because you get kind (laughs) of used to it and then when you take yourself out of it it's like it's hard to get back in visually I saw it in its initial theater run too at the AMC that's down the street from the Time Warner Center. Mm-hmm. So when I came out, I'm like, is it still there? Is it still standing? Okay, we're good. <laughs> but anyway, um, how did how did uh, the Messaging the Monstrous um, series come about and how did you go about programming it? You talked about it a little bit before with one of yeah. your co-curators. Yeah, so um, it was co-curator with Ron Magliozzi. Um, it was his idea after sort of watching all these films <laughs> of the pandemic. And um, Brittany Shaw. And um, so I've, you know, I've guest curated feature film as female stuff at MoMA. They obviously know I'm a horror nerd. So they asked me to be a part of it, which is really a dream project with dream collaborators. Um, I think we worked on it for about a year and a half. And we just had like a big dock of films, you know. Um, And it's always interesting when you work with people, like sort of what they have already watched and what they've gravitated towards. Um, and so we just watched a bunch of films and had a lot of discussions about how, how do we organize this? Because it wasn't a comprehensive survey. It it wasn't like, here's a definitive list of horror films. It was a very curated perspective. Um, and we eventually came up with the idea of having like subcategories to sort of explore and play with. And within those categories have sort of a, like a core classic in there. Um, But yeah, all the films started from psycho 1960. So that was our cutoff. So that eliminated a lot of stuff, (laughs) even though like it was hard and it was hard to not include some films. And now we keep watching new films and we're like, shit, this would have been great to include. And we want to do it again. But we sort of just kept, adding films like asking for permission uh, or forgiveness instead of a permission mm. um because it i think we were supposed to do about like 80 something films and we wound up doing about 115 plus short oh, wow. films um but that was it and then it was also you know okay how do we a make something interesting to our horror audience to where they understand it wasn't it's not made by outsiders who are just like, oh, horror, like horror is cool now, <laughs> but also to a general audience as well. So there was a lot of thought that went into it, but it was a lot of just watching horror movies and, <laughs> and talking about them and very little disagreement in terms of, I don't think at all, sort of what we should include or not include. And if anybody felt super passionate about something that was in automatically, um but yeah it was it was incredible and it was incredible to be at MoMA while it was happening to revisit films that I love that I haven't seen on the big screen in a while that I've never seen first time watches you know like Stephanie Rothman's film that was the first time Velvet Vampire that was the first time that that print had been seen by even her. And so it was like, we'd all just watch these shitty YouTube rips. And then now it's like, oh my God, you know? And then just like seeing the audience that would come and 
you know, people's minds kind of wrapping around that horror films are very elastic and what they can be. Um, and they're very different and you might like one, but not like the other. And I don't know. It was just such a wonderful experience. I wish I literally could do it every summer. We called it like horror summer camp. And when it was over <laughs> at like, there was like a core of 20 to 40 people who came to like almost every screening. And we were all sad when it was over. because We were like, this is so cool and fun, you know? Oh my goodness. Every, oh my God, every screening. That's a lot. That's a lot of that. <laughs> But that's awesome. They have a lot. Yeah. I have a friend who like has 70 something tickets. He <gasps> went to so many. Yeah. Yeah. I kept asking um, the people that would take my ticket. I would be like, can yeah. I just keep it? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Mine are all kept. Well, the ones that I went to are all kept and I wrapped in a black velvet bow. I'm like, this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a ticket stub hoarder, which is why <laughs> it makes me so sad when I go and have like online digital tickets. Yes, I know. So. I, yeah. I know. Moment tickets are nice too. Or the ones that yeah. are like sturdy stock. Um, yeah. They're nice. They're nice to keep. But so that's, I mean, that's how that kind of came around. They were like, well, we need to talk to Karen and, and Ron and I, and, and I'd known Brittany for a while. Like we just really hit it off. Um, and kind of got like this hive mind about what we wanted to show, but it's hard to stop, you know, yeah. like you, <laughs> you want to, keep going but the biggest thing that I wanted to avoid was someone going well, why didn't they include that so I was like we have to frame this in a way that it's like it's not because we don't know but like these are our selections of things so yeah uh, so what was your favorite film that you screened and what is one film mm. that you wish you could have included oh my god <laughs> well I'll tell you I wish we would have included Piggy okay. um I I feel like that one we had we had an opportunity to maybe screen it for like the last screening but the last screening was on a holiday and I didn't want to do a screening of it before it came out where maybe people wouldn't come but I would have loved to have screened that um I would also um Sorority House Massacre I really wish we had screened that one <laughs> <laughs> with or instead of Slumber Party but um those two my favorites um I was pretty darn happy to play Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on 35 when I introduced that I just like sat back down I was like I cannot believe I just introduced Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 at MoMA on Friday <laughs> night like the world is a weird and wonderful place um I loved screening Pet Cemetery with Mary Lambert I just think she's because she was there for a Q&A after and I think she's just such a wonderful person um and so like important to pop culture um I loved being able to show Amy Simon says she dies tomorrow on mm -hmm. the big screen um because that I feel like is one of those films that sort of got lost in the pandemic yeah um and seeing it in the theater is and hearing it in the theater is so great and she was able to come so those are some of my, like, oh, and then seeing Dawn of the Dead in 3D, that was incredible. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was always so interesting seeing the audiences sh that showed up because it would be like some like older types mm -hmm. who you know don't go see horror movies very often. And then a lot of people just like you yes. and me. So yeah, I was whenever it was like a very gory part of the descent, I would be like, you would hear like gasps. <laughs> So, that was fun. 
I love, I love that. And a lot of, a lot of the people I had a, the most conversations with were the people who were sort of coming into the shop. Like they had seen, they've obviously seen Psycho and Rosemary's Baby and things like that, but like never really sitting down yeah. thinking about it. And, you know, having someone come up to me and say, they love Natalie Erica James's Relic. They're like, this is my favorite film in the series so far. And I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, that's yeah, such a the, hard watch. I know. It's a lot of them are hard watches. Uh, Descent is, is a, I think, a hard watch. Oh, it was also funny too when we showed, um, oh God, uh, the audition. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was I was not there and I don't know if I wish we, I was. We screened that at like 1 p.m. on a Saturday, I think, or a Sunday. And I I didn't come to see it. I, I came to the next one and just watching the people's faces as they came out. <laughs> and they were like, I didn't think much of that. You know, what was the big deal for most of the movie? And then I was like, oh, but their faces were like, oh. <laughs> I still have never seen that. But I hear that it's like there's yet yeah, there's not much that happens until the end. Yes. So. And then it's just like, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe, maybe someday. One of my friends loves that movie and that director whose name I can't think of, but yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it they, People do really love that movie. Uh, so some people were walking out like, yeah, that's all right. and then <laughs> others are like, oh my God. Oh, another film that I was really excited to show is In My Skin, um, which is like a film 2002 sort of at the beginning of French extremity about a young woman who basically starts a relationship with herself by eating herself slowly. And it's mm. really wonderful. It sounds really gross, but it's like a, it is, but um, it's mm -hmm. this wonderful art film. And we were able to get the print from a collector Ooh. who has like the only like English subtitled version of it, you know, oh, like, that's so French cool. extremity films are hard to get I'm sure like real content for um, that was pretty special. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so, you know, you do, you you seem to be working and programming everywhere, but it was just most recently announced that you were named uh, one of the newest programmers of the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. I've yeah. gone the last few years and I love it so much. Um, do you have any idea what types of movies that you hope to secure this year? Do you have any ideas about what you're going to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, we've just sort of started the process. I think we're we're having like our first like meeting next week. Um, but I've known Justin uh, after the first iteration of Brooklyn Horror. I kind of brought it into Nighthawk, like mm -hmm. so. That's when it started being at Nighthawk, and I, I was on the jury the second year, and I've been so amazed at how much it has grown. But always like how everything was just so great that they showed, like a really great indie horror stuff that it's like anything I would go see I really loved and it was really good and um so it's, it's exciting to to be a part of that I mean of course I want to look at good films directed by women <laughs> uh that's that's sort of the goal um and also I really love short films so I'm excited to um dive into like what short films and what short film programs can kind of come out of that um because I I, I love um horror short films like love so um, and they have great shorts programs so um it's just exciting to sort of be a part of that and then have more of an excuse to just keep watching horror films 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I can't wait to see <laughs> what you what you um get uh on the schedule this yeah. year. Um but speaking of shorts, did you see Give Me an A last year? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that's coming out in May. Oh, um, okay. And awesome. I'm hoping that we get to do a screening of that at Nighthawk? Yeah. Okay. My, cool. It's in the it's in the works. But yes. I mean, it's uh endlessly urgent. Uh, yes. And so, um, but I'm excited that it's getting like the distribution by XYZ. Um, and that's really cool. Um, cause a lot of shorts programs don't get that. Um, yeah, but yeah. I love that that happened and that it showed at so many festivals and that hopefully, you know, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, it's like, um, one of my close friends does like social impact work for documentary films. And I feel like no matter what the film is, if it's about abortion, there's like, it has to be some sort of social impact um, around it about like, what, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it's getting distribution. Cause I hadn't heard that anything had happened with it. So yeah. May, early May. May. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I will I look out has, for the Nighthawk like, screening. I hope that's not confidential information, but yes, uh, really <laughs> may. Really yell at me. Oh, it is. Awesome. So what is in the future for the future of film as female? Um, well, um, not horror at all, but on April 4th, we're doing a screening at the documentary Naked Gardens. Um, which um, is by Yvette Lucas and Patrick Bresnan. And they make these really wonderful immersive documentary films. And they immerse themselves in a season at a nudist colony in Florida, um, documenting these people's lives. Um, and it's really wonderful. <laughs> and it's funny because like, I kind of wish I could show like some sort of like Doris Wishman nudie cutie in front of it, but I don't, that's not the point because the point is for it not to be uh, about the gays. But the next feature of film is female program at MoMA will be June 15th through the 30th. Um, so I'm working on that right now. And then just a couple of screenings leading up into that. Awesome. And people yeah. can find that at the future of film is female.com. Yes. I mean, I feel like my Instagram is probably a little more. Yeah. A uh, future of film is female. Yeah. That's, that is like up to date. <laughs> 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 the website is too. Um, but yeah. And then I think there's another screen. Anyway, we have a couple of screenings coming up and then, um, and then MoMA's the, MoMA's the big one um, where we're going to be doing what we've done in the past, which is like, feature films from the past two years with short films and then we're doing a restoration mm. series um it's just gonna be really wonderful two weeks there will be horror in that I can't okay. say what it is yet but there okay. always there always is um awesome. but there will be I think a little bit more than usual I can't <laughs> I feel like it now it's like now that I've got MoMA's ear in horror I gotta keep it yeah. going Oh, that's so cool. That's going to be in June, you said? Or? Yeah, June, it opens June 15th uh, okay. through June 30th. And it'll probably, it'll be about like 15 films. Um, and uh, yeah. So if you're in New York, go to that. They have wonderful tickets you can keep and wrap up yes. the ribbons. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I will definitely have to check out MoMA's site closer to that. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're in the process of confirming things. And I'm just very, very excited about it. It'll be 
um, our fourth program there and our, for our fifth anniversary year. So it's going to be nice. Awesome. So um, does your partner like horror movies or is that something that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You know, (laughs) not like me, you know, Um, but he does. Um, I can't, (laughs) someone asked me that at a moment. I was like, does your partner? And I was like, yes, otherwise it would be (laughs) bad. But it was very uh, clear in the beginning when we were together. But actually my, my husband owned a video store when I lived (gasps) in Chicago and I would rent movies from him. So whereas that's not his business, like his job, his career is not in film. He, uh, now, uh, there is a nice foundation of yeah film stuff. So oh. yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. I like rented Blair Witch Project from him. <gasps> <in the late laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know you said you have uh, a child. Have Ooh. you introduced him or her to horror yet? Or how do you plan to do that? If you plan um, to do that? Well, the first sort of horror film he watched was They Live. Okay. Um, in addition to things like, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which I think is like a horror movie, <laughs> and all these films I watched growing up that were deeply informative uh, <laughs> about my interest in horror. But um, so they live, and he went to MoMA and saw they live at, mm. for that was our very last screening. Um, he has seen, you know, like King Kong, Frankenstein, Dracula. He's, I think he, over, uh Halloween weekend we went to Momi and <laughs> I made him watch a Vincent Price double feature um like a good parent yeah well my son's middle name is Vincent for Vincent Price <laughs> oh <laughs> so I was like but they were doing all the uh, Roger Corman Edgar Allan Poe films on 35 millimeter so we went and saw Twice Told Tales and then um oh my gosh why am I blinking uh, the one that's actually a Lovecraft story but oh why am I blanking on what it's called? Anyway, um, yeah, and he took it like a champ, double feature. Um, but he, you know, like kids now love Demon Slayer, which is, <laughs> do you know what Demon Slayer is? Like, um, I've heard of it. I don't really know what it is, though. It's extraordinarily graphic. <laughs> and it's a manga and a TV okay. show and a movie. And he made me watch like the first episode with him and he he's eight by the way and he was like now mom there's a lot of blood in this so <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be okay with that and I was like if there's anyone in your life that's going to be okay with that it's me <laughs> so let's go but it is I mean they're they're basically demon zombies and heads get cut off and it's like and so I think he'll be okay but he's like anybody else there's things in non-scary movies that scare him more than scary movies like we just watched the new puss in boots the last wish (laughs) and like the way the wolf whistles in it just really got to him Mm -hmm. um but you know zombies don't at all so it's it's you know it's it's interesting what strikes a chord in people but i hope my goal you know is for him to be my movie partner you know that's that's my ultimate goal I hope he doesn't do you know turn around and be like just kidding mom I don't like any of this stuff but I mean any movie I want to watch like rom-coms I want to watch anything but especially horror but yeah he knows (laughs) and um 
And um, I've been training him since he was little. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Room to watch it. Uh, but he knows like some things he can't watch. One time uh, I had I, been watching Shudder and there was, um, I think it was from like all the colors in the dark or some like giallo film and it was just paused. And so when he turned on the Apple TV, it was just like a woman like this. And I was like, oh my gosh, he goes, that's okay, mom. I know you like horror movies. And then he just changed it, like phased him, not a bit. <laughs> well, that's good that he can watch them and maybe know that they're not real. So it won't scare him. Yes. Yes. But the wolf whistle of an animated wolf is <laughs> scary shit. <laughs> a wolf can, a wo- wolves are real. So, yes. I mean, he, his character is deaf. I told him, I was like, well, he's supposed to be frightening. His character is deaf. And Fletcher was like, oh, okay. But yeah, he's, um, he's a movie lover. And, um, I can't wait till I can take him to more because sometimes I'm like, you can't come to work with me. You can't come see this. <laughs> awesome. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Uh, yes. Um, oh my God. You ask all these questions that are so obvious to me. And then like, I draw like a total, like I like to call them one and dones. Um yeah, but I cannot even, I can't, why can't I even think of these? Uh, what about you? Do you have one? Maybe it'll peak my... I mean, Martyrs. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I'll probably never watch Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Um, I don't think I will ever watch a Serbian film. Yeah, Serbian film, um... I, um, what about, um, <laughs> my, my brain is like so dysfunctional, you know, the worm, the worm, the head to butt worm. Oh, um, human centipede. Yes. I've never seen it. I, I don't think I ever need to. I listened to a feminist podcast talk about human centipede, the first one yeah. in the, in the context of, uh, uh, the Bechdel effect and yeah, uh, the, yeah. And it, it does pass the Bechdel test. So, <laughs> but they That's talked good. about it as though it was a very serious film. They were yeah. like, this film, no, this text. <laughs> it was amazing. But that's how um, I know about, that's how I know the the plot of The Human Centipede. But I'll never, I don't need to watch it. It's, it's <laughs> I'll probably never watch Halloween Kills again. <laughs> oh God, that was terrible. It was so bad. Not for me. That, that's, I know that's not like, uh, because it's graphic <laughs> oh my god yeah that movie i don't like 80s horror movies because they're just very cheesy and bad scripts and bad acting in my opinion so it was very it was too similar to that for me it is very it, it, it's worse <laughs> it is worse <laughs> i can't fight no, with you there <laughs> no shade to michael, michael myers but no i know there is because i know there were some on the list at moma where i was just like I mean, I don't think I'll ever watch like Ringu or The Ring or Juan again. Oh, um, really? Just because just because those kinds of films scare the shit out of me, um, <gasps> like really um, deeply. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's something about them. I never see the audition again. But yeah, The Ring is my all-time favorite. So. It's good. I'm not poo-pooing yeah. it at all. It's so wonderful. It's just, ooh, I, when I used to do um, this all-night horror fest for Halloween at Nighthawk with 
my colleague Chris King and then Sam Zimmerman at Shutter. It was called A Night to Dismember. And we did it for six years and we did um we did one. It was the ring was third film. So it was like three in the morning and my colleague Chris did like a book report on it. It was crazy. Um, but I was just like, I'm going to go in the lobby. Cause I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can watch this, this, this sort of again, you know, and it's only PG 13. So isn't that wild? Like that movie is PG 13. And then Megan is PG 13. And the differences between yeah. like, the effect is, astounding one is scary and one is not one is not yeah i didn't know that megan was pg-13 <laughs> and then afterwards i was like you know I didn't see anyone actually get killed in that. yeah and then i was like oh because it's pg-13 i could have taken my kid to see them oh yeah definitely i mean even the the unrated version on peacock is not much worse you see a little bit more blood and you see the kid get run over by the car but like that's basically it <laughs> I like how you didn't show that, but the ear thing was like totally okay. Oh uh, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you see the ear rip off, which you don't see in the PG thirteen movie. That was different as well. Um, yeah. I remember uh, two years ago at Nighthawk, um, they did the screening of The Ring for I think it mm-hmm. was, and it was the almost the twentieth anniversary. That was so much fun. There were so many people yeah. there who had never seen it before. So yeah. That's okay. another movie I saw when it opened yeah. and I was just freaked out. Oh yeah. And I... my boy- my boyfriend's like friend was like we should call Karen. I think I saw it I saw it twice in theaters when it when it first came out. I think I saw it by myself both times. They were packed theaters, but I think I went by myself. I don't know why I went by myself, but that's yeah, I loved it so much <laughs> it is very 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 good um but yeah those are probably movies that i won't see i probably won't watch gaia again either even though it's great yeah <laughs> um so have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters um yes um well i didn't i was i didn't see it uh but we showed and we showed it at moment to douglas bucks um films called family portraits and um there's there's three films that basically look at the dysfunction of of america um and the first one is extremely disturbing um there's like castration and you see it a woman like cuts a smile onto her face it deals with um incest it's really rough and I I programmed it at midnight at Nighthawk this was like this was 2013 and um and a man fainted barfed and fainted and that was a source of pride for me but the best part was that um as I was there for another screening so I was there when I got out a a horror mom's Facebook group came to see it and they stayed the whole time and they were like, that was amazing. We'll never watch it again, but it's amazing. So that was like a real source source of pride. Um, yeah. That's awesome. But um, 
But yeah, I mean, at the night to dismember, we had a satanic wedding for our last one. Um, we had a satanic wedding. This couple wanted to get married and they are like, and the, our, the event manager at the time was like, oh, they come to all the night to dismembers. And I was like, well, do they want to get married at night to dismember? So my colleague Chris married them and Sam and I were like up there getting married and they did the ropes and the fake blood and all this stuff. And then we watched Alucarda. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so that's a fun that was a fun yeah. experience uh with horror stuff but I usually just find those to be like the best audiences yeah truly 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 the best yeah oh it's so good it's so much fun seeing a horror movie with like an enthusiastic audience oh my gosh I mean like it makes going to see like the new scream it made it fun you know because yeah. you're just there with like a hundred people who are just ready to go and yeah. you're like even if this isn't my, I, I'm not loving this. I'm loving it, you know? Yeah. I, I have found that there are a lot of people going to see this Scream who have not seen all the other Scream movies. Isn't that crazy? I, yeah. I mean, I'm like, what? I mean, it's like, it's so weird to be like, I'm going to start now. But I do, I do also think with this new one is that it's breaking off so much that it's becoming its own thing that you probably don't need to know the history so much. But yeah, I, I I really I really enjoy the first three. I think they're all pretty great. I love I I like the first one. The second one's fine. I'm a huge fan of the third one, probably because it was the first one that I got to see in theaters. Mm-hmm. But I know that everyone hates the third one, so I like it. <laughs> I rewatched it recently because part of the moment thing, I went on like a Wes Craven deep dive, um, mm-hmm. and I think that like that's when. I was like, wow, there's there's something so interesting about his work. Um, but yeah, it's just that one's weird and fun. And I like the whole twist. Yeah. Oh, know? my God. I love it. <laughs> I love the reveal. Um, uh, Scott Foley is going to be on Broadway soon. So I'm like, oh, Roman Bridger is going to be on Broadway. Yes. <laughs> I want to bring my Scream DVD for him to sign. And he will probably be like, no. He'll probably love it. I feel. I feel <laughs> like that should be a real source of pride. I I hope so. It's so. like Felicity, whatever. He's a Felicity, right? Yes. <laughs> I have no idea. I never watched Felicity. So. <gasps> oh, goodness. I know. I know. Okay. I just. I've. I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. Besides, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And <laughs> that's great. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I can't cope with that. <laughs> there is no shade in that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite horror movie been so far that you've seen in 2023 2023 oh my god i have to look at my list because i knew you were gonna ask me this question <laughs> um because i started last year i was like trying to make a list of all the movies i watched or what were some of my favorite movies and i just did such a horrible job of it and so i actually got on litterbox <laughs> to make a list of all of my movies but now it only goes back to three weeks. I would say, well, uh, like for the first time, like released. Yeah. Or um, just like new in general that you have maybe from like the last couple of years that you've watched uh, this year. Uh, well, I would say Sarah is probably my favorite horror watch of new films which one um who sarah um, oh who sarah yeah 
I would say that yes. And then, um, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to see attack the block when we had it at MoMA and, um, sorry, we watched it when we screened it at Nighthawk and I love that movie so much. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think this is probably one of, one of my favorites. I get a little like sometimes confused as to when movies came out and like when I first saw them and I've been doing some screening work for another festival. And so I feel like I've watched everything and nothing all at the same (laughs) time. Um, You know, I'm like, Oh, did the, was the Jennifer Kent episode of the cabinet of curiosities? Was that this year or was that last year? That was last year. Or is it this year? I don't remember. I don't know. I I guess I'm in denial it's also like we're crouching into the end of March what is time what is time (laughs) (laughs) so on the flip side of that what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2023 oh I don't even know um all the ones that I don't know about I think that's (laughs) like to me you know I, I that sort of the next unknown gem that I find is sort of what I'm looking forward to. I know that sounds very vague, but like sometimes I don't know. And then someone will be like, Oh, did you see this at this? And they send me something and I'm like, Oh my God, this is absolutely incredible. Um, But yeah, that that's the next, the next thing I don't know that I'm going to love is sort of what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> like it's gets passed to me. Um but yeah, maybe the the you know um the Adams family there they have a new film coming out that I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Uh talk to me. I'm looking forward to that coming out. You know, there's my animal. There's like good stuff coming out, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out especially like in the next month or two. Oh, so. I'm also looking forward to Renfield. Yeah, <laughs> that comes out on my birthday, so that's what I'm going to go do on my birthday. That's so. incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, hopefully, Nick Cage has more lines in that than he did in Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> All he has to do is say hello. <laughs> he has more lines than Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I thought you were going to say in Pig because he wasn't talking Pig very much either. Um, but yeah, I just. You know, I don't want it to disappoint like magic. I was so excited for the new magic bike and that was very disappointing. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that Renfield gives it to us, but I think it will. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't think Nick Cage would let us down. So. I don't think he can. <laughs> <laughs> he he made it through Willy's Wonderland and kept, made us love him with almost no dialogue. So he, I remember watching that and I was like, He's really, I didn't know that he, I didn't know going into it that he didn't speak. And I was oh like, my, yeah. And I was like, that's a bold move to have a movie with Nicolas Cage and he doesn't talk. That's really admirable. You know, yep. try that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. <laughs> are, are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? Um, trying to think of some of the, no. I don't know. I feel like most of the people were like, oh. but no, I don't. 
even the shitty horror movies that I like, I feel like other people like the shitty horror movies, you know? Mm-hmm. If you could I'm... remake one horror movie, which one would it be? I would remake Devil's Nightmare, uh, which is from 19... late 70s. Um, it's like a Belgian horror film about a group of travelers who wind up by Satan's hand in this castle with this former Nazi whose family female lineages are all succubi, but his maid who slept with his brother, I'm doing a really bad job of this. Anyway, a succubus comes and she tempts all these people and it's Erica Blanc. And um, it's so good. She tempts the priest. There's like, um, uh, like one of the men's of corrals or it's all like the kind of seven deadly sins sort of things. It's in a castle. It's so wonderful when they get killed by the devil. It's this like amazing, like devil, like Mark tattoo thing that they get. It's so great. It's so good. That would be the movie I would, I would remake. Who would you cast in the main role? <gasps> Jeez Louise. I don't know. Who would I cast? God damn it. Erica Blanc. Because I think she's still alive. That would be amazing. To <laughs> <laughs> have her, have her still do it. Maybe, um, uh, was it Micah Monroe? Oh yeah, From she's her. so good. I think she, I think she's so lovely. Um, she would be great in it. So my last question is: If you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm immediately laughing because like i'm thinking about the um the killer in black christmas who just stays up in the attic and i don't have to deal with him <laughs> is yeah. that your answer i think that's my answer or any sort of like cool devil all right cool yeah yeah awesome Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they You're can welcome. find you and your uh, your film series and the future of film is female online? Sure. Uh, website, futureoffilmisfemale.com. Instagram, futureoffilmisfemale. Twitter, it's the F-O-F-I-S. <laughs> I'm like an old person. I'm still on Twitter. Um but yeah, and that's where you'll find where our upcoming screenings are. And when our next grant cycles open up, they're in spring and fall um, and anything else that we're sort of doing. But yeah, sign up for our newsletter too, because we always do um, partner with distributors uh, for preview screenings. Sometimes they're free. You can come see it. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, I will say one thing, and it's not coming out this year. But I'm very much looking forward to the next thing that Nikki Atajusu does. Um, I know she's working on a script now after Nanny. And I just think she's amazing. And I want to see everything that she does next. And I'm glad she's getting a chance to do it. So I'll just put, I'll just punctuate it with that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I Yeah, Nanny was, was really interesting. Yeah, it's good. All right, well, thank, thank you so much. Have a good night. You're welcome. Thank you. 
That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Karen Coleman, and thanks again to Karen for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can find her and the future of Film is Female in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up for their newsletter so you can hear about all of the awesome screenings that they're planning in New York and L.A. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at whosthereapc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.